0: You in the whole Fantasy Focus. Fantasy. Fantasy. Focus. Hello and welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. It is Thursday, October 26th. Today's show is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard, guys. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim Service and on the go policy info in the app. It is easy to Geico. Every Thursday,
1: I am joined by my friend Field. Jake's Field. It's just you and I hanging out here. Good morning. Uh, I thought I heard. Was I sensing a hello to start hello. the show right there? Hello. I thought I heard like maybe a half of it a syllable came out of a it. Bit, yeah. Okay. Um, it is a busy Thursday, Daniel. Yes, it is it a is. crazy Thursday, but always fun to have our Thursday night football preview and everything that you do. The first half of our week preview show is just you and I. Always fun to hang out here and. It always feels a little bit odd coming back to this side of the studio in yeah. this set, this side set. Yeah. This is
0: where I lived for so long. People I d- don't know this, this home. but like yeah. this was yeah, this was my home for a really long time as the producer while you guys sat over on the regular set. And we're
1: talking like 10 feet away. Like yes. this is not that it, it far, but it feels far. like a different vibe entirely.
0: Yeah, that's how this works, right? That's mm-hmm. how that listen, I'm all about being the vibe master here, so I'm going to take care of you. Okay, don't thank worry you. About it, yeah, yeah. let's right. go. We got Thursday night football. We got some injuries we are going to talk about, make yep. sure people are all set. We also have like you said, yep. our part one preview of the the week eight slate so let's dive in
1: and talk about some of this injury stuff field yeah normally Daniel we're not going to be the show that does like a daily injury up to date you know Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday because sometimes there's not a whole lot that changes from not one day action. to the next but yeah. when the MVP of fantasy football Is not at practice on Wednesday. It does catch your attention. So what do we learn about Miami yesterday? I was
0: just going to say, so Tyreek Hill, the MVP right now of fantasy football, missed practice yesterday with a hip injury. There is a chance that he could miss this game against the New England Patriots. As a fantasy manager, if I've got Tyreek Hill field, I'm starting him, right? If he plays, if he he doesn't play, and that's something that we're going to continue to monitor, we'll watch tomorrow. Hopefully we get some more practice updates and FF now on Sunday morning. We're going to watch that. How is it that you would approach this Dolphins wide receiving core?
1: Well, so here's so a couple of pieces of context. If people didn't follow this one that closely, is uh, Jalen Waddle was asked whether uh, Tyreek Hill is going to play on Sunday, and so, oft I feel like funny, I could be wrong here. <laughs> I could be wrong. I feel like a lot of times teammates err on the side of things along these lines. Like, I bet he will. That's my guy. I'm expecting him to. Mm. Or like, you know. Be surprised if he doesn't. It's like a throwaway line. It's a throwaway. It's like, yeah, like you want to make the other team think the player is going to play at the very least. And instead, Jalen Waddell said, that's above my pay grade. Yep. Meanwhile, Tua, and I saw this, uh, several beat reporters, uh, the first one that I saw that uh, tweeted about it was Adam Beasley, uh, now at PFN, who talked about how he said like, you know, Tua's answer when asked about Tyreek suggested this could be a real injury, not like a maintenance day that is just going to be a, a non, a nothing burger by Thursday's practice. He's going to show back up, be a full participant, and we're full steam ahead for Sunday. Uh, he mentioned how at one point, I think Tua said something to the effect of when we get Tyreek Hill back down the line. Ooh. So with the Dolphins week eight, they played the Patriots week nine in Germany against the Chiefs. And then week ten, they're off for a buy. I don't want to get ahead. I don't want to get it too uh, far ahead of myself. But I made a mental note yesterday the possibility that he might be out until after that week ten buy. Back on track here in terms of what it means, unless you wanted to follow
0: well, up. Well, that that sort of sounds like what you're describing, what the Lions did with David Montgomery, where right? it's like, yeah. can we take this time because that bye week is just in our in our purview, so maybe we can make it. Yeah, until we get there.
1: Yep. And by the way, uh, Mike McDaniel spoke before the team's practice yesterday. He did not alert the media that Tyreek Hill was not going to practice. So we haven't yet heard from him. Maybe we get a bit more clarity today in terms of what it means for the Dolphins offense. There are a few questions that we got to ask. First of all, Jalen Waddle, we think, is going to play that back injury that took him out of the game last week, and then he went back into the game. Did not cost him practice yesterday. I think Waddle gets a little bit of a boost here because you would think the targets do go up for Jalen Waddle as well. Yep. But is there, a, like, are the, is there going to be a Dolphins wide receiver that emerges virtually out of nothing so far this season and takes on a legit fantasy-relevant role? I don't see one it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly who it would be because they kind of relied upon a smorgasbord of wide receivers, not named Jalen Waddle and Tyree kill. And when I say relied upon, I mean very minimally because right. pretty much all the targets are going to Tyree kill mostly. And then some to Jalen Waddle as well. It's some sort of Braxton Berrios, Cedric Wilson, chase Claypool, dart throw, maybe even river Craycraft with it. They opened the 21 day practice window up to yesterday. So, We'll talk about this maybe in long shots on Sunday morning and fantasy football now with Adam Schefter. That would probably be the only scenario in which I am playing a Dolphins wide receiver not named Jalen Waddle on Sunday. And Daniel, it does make me think a little bit more about Tua's value mm-hmm. in the event that there's no Tyreek Kill because. Not to take away anything from Tua, this is the case with any quarterback that loses the best wide receiver on the planet. Absolutely. The passing game is just that much less potent. Well, and when he
0: doesn't make up for that with his legs in some way, then there is a part of that where it's like, okay, how are we going to find this value still without those explosive wide receivers? And
1: I'm going to keep Tua inside my top 10, even if Tyreek Hill is out or very close to the top 10, like I still would be starting Tua. He's played extremely well against Bill Belichick defenses. The Dolphins, with Tua as their starter, have never lost to the Patriots. Really? Never. Which, that's, I mean, it's a testament to how great Tua has been in several of those games. Wow. But he did have a relatively quiet game when the two teams played all the way back in week two. So, maybe expectations dropped not just because of the matchup, but obviously because of the player involved as well. Meanwhile, Raheem Mostert also mispracticed yesterday due to an yep. ankle injury. Uh, I, I don't know if, because Tyreek has been so good most of the reporter's attention was paid Just to Tyreek yeah. and they didn't sort of follow up as much on Raheem Mostert. Right now, the, uh, the concern level seems a lot lower for Raheem Mostert than it does Tyreek Hill. But I would do this right now. If Jeff Wilson Jr. is available in your league and you're listening to this live or right when it goes up, before we have more clarity on Raheem Mostert's status, I'd grab Jeff Wilson Jr. right now. Available in 57% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues. Because if Mostert's out, Devon H. is still a few weeks away from being able to return. Sounds like no Tyreek Hill. Sounds like maybe no Tyreek Hill. I would want Jeff Wilson Jr. in my lineup. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, certainly one to monitor there in Miami. Uh, The MVP of the NFL so far uh, amongst non-quarterbacks is Tyreek Hill and certainly the MVP of fantasy football. So this is a major one, Daniel. So I wanted to make sure that we didn't just like bury it until Friday. I know Stefania will have more tomorrow, but uh, this is a potentially significant like, fantasy landscape altering injury if he's out for two or three weeks. I feel like every league that I'm playing in, the person who has Tyreek Hill is within the top four and that team is obviously going to have to find some ways to overcome a loss. If he's unavailable for two or three weeks, I am in a league where I have Tyreek Hill and you're in first place and I have the fourth most points in the league
0: and I have oh, three God. and four I know, <laughs> and it's just, you can't, I can't. So like I need Tyreek Hill to be here as a part of this, by the way, like this is, this is going to be a big part of it.
1: I mean, he's, he's been by far the best player in fantasy amongst wide receivers easily. He's yeah and, and, that's, and you factor in the injuries to justin jefferson cooper cup missing time and the regression to Devontae adams in recent weeks like it's been the tyree kill show but how much i just like this is where i'm so frustrated this okay. year all right if if tyree
0: kill misses time and if especially if you miss how many how many superstars have missed multiple games oh god like, like if everyone. you start at the top justin jefferson and Cooper. eckler
1: cooper cup Ech- yeah.
0: yeah uh you had cmc uh the cmc cmc has not yet missed a game nope. Sa- saquon barkley yep yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey has been banged up like a game yeah it's been a lot like, yeah. there's been a bunch of these superstars Nick Chubb obviously so
1: like that's one of those things where it's So who was the right pick at number one overall? I guess CMC. CMC is still the right answer for number one pick overall. Not that Tyreek wouldn't have been a great number one overall pick. He was just discussed in that vein a little bit less during the preseason. Yeah. Uh, But uh, if if he misses time, obviously that changes a whole bunch, uh, a lot, a lot in fantasy football. So we are hoping he doesn't miss time. But uh, based off of the comments yesterday, I thought it was important enough for us to flare it, send a flare up now about the possibility of Tyreek not playing in Week 8.
0: Not the only injury that we want to talk about, though, because this is another one that I think is fairly big field. Brock Purdy in the concussion protocol, and here's what was interesting about this as I was reading up about it last night. This did not happen, and they did not know about it in the game. They were flying home on the team airplane, and that's when Brock Purdy started to experience symptoms. So once they got home, they started to get him into the concussion protocol. Now he's there. This is a very short amount of time to potentially turn around and be able to play this week. So Understanding Brock Purdy came in maybe a little bit later to the concussion protocol than what we had expected, not knowing that when it happened on Sunday. Yep. If he is out. Yeah. And you got Sam Darnold under center, which I am going to now plan on. If I roster a 49er in fantasy, I'm planning on Sam Darnold being under center. How does that change your outlook for them? Or would you move anybody down?
1: Not that much. No? Not that much. I mean, so first of all, we're not going to have Debo Samuel this week, according to Kyle Shaney. so you're talking about George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and that's about it.
0: So the same guys that we just said yesterday, you start them regardless. Yeah, (laughs) but
1: also think about this. One of my favorite random stats that bubbles up on Twitter, I don't know, like once a year is that the most passing yards in a player's first 16 starts in NFL history is held by Patrick Mahomes. That's the record. Okay. Number two on that list, Nick Mullins. What? Playing for the 49ers. Really? So the system is just so friendly. And before you think that I'm taking away from Brock Purdy, I'm not, (laughs) okay? Two things can be true at the (laughs) same time. It can be a quarterback-friendly system, and Brock can be playing very, very, very good football. Uh, But Sam Darnold, who... I get it if there are people out there that are sick of hearing about the potential of Sam Darnold, right? Because it's been coming out of the draft, playing for the Jets, playing for the Panthers, right? It was always like Sam Darnold, it's going to click soon enough. And then it hasn't fully clicked at the NFL level for any prolonged period of time. Mm -hmm. But in a short-term basis, in an offense that has seen more quarterbacks put up statistically relevant Sundays, Sam Darnold, I think, can be good enough to handle whatever it is the 49 need him to handle that will also lead to George Kittle and Brandon Iuk having comparable outlooks to where they have been with Brock Purdy under center. I I think I'm totally with you field. And here's the thing that's
0: interesting to me. Sam Darnold has been in the league for five years. He's still only 26 years old. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's weird because I think about Sam Darnold being like, Oh, he's probably pushing like 29 at this yep. point. And it's like, no, he came in as a, as a 21 year old. Yep. And I, This is so hard for me because it's like I know people take shots at Sam Darnold. His career was with the Jets and the Panthers.
1: It has been.
0: uh, He hasn't gotten a ton of help. Yeah. But at the same point, he hasn't always helped himself. This is a situation where given everything that you said, this is a really nice system for a quarterback to be able to live in and just have a nice safe floor. He doesn't need to go out and win this game. Like I think a lot of times in his past teams, he needed to do, he just needs to play within his means. That's what's perfect about this 49er system.
1: Yeah. by the way, I keep getting notifications on my watch and phone. It keeps me, it's somebody tweeting about (laughs) Tyreek Hill. So if you see (laughs) me checking my phone, that's exactly why just just a heads up here. Um, So Yeah. Uh, anyways, yes, I agree with you on uh, on Sam Darnold. Uh, I had Purdy, though. If Purdy does play and he has not yet been ruled out, he did has, participate correct. in the team's walkthrough yesterday. And
0: there is a chance that Coach Shanahan said there is a chance that he yep. could still get through the protocol by Sunday. Yep,
1: and as uh, Stefania has hammered over our head a million times before, there's no timeline on these things. They, they yep. take as long as, as they need to take. Um, but it, they have been... Uh, Not that many instances of a player returning from one week to the next with a concussion this season. But uh, Purdy would be inside my top 10 if he does play. Wow. hes I mean, he's other than last week. And and so not to like just make excuses for every player. But last week was bad from Purdy. Two weeks ago, that game against the Browns was like crazy rain and the Browns are gnarly on defense. So uh, Purdy prior to that had been excellent for fantasy purposes. I've, I, I also have him inside the top 10. I just realized that as I yeah. look at it right here. Although well, that one's obviously <laughs> subject to change. If we get any more information on Purdy's availability later on today, Sam Darnold would not just fall right into the top 10. If he does play, for he would not know he'd be like, just, I don't know
0: quarterback 17, 18 yeah, for me, not, he would list. not
1: be a streaming option, not be a starting option for me for this week.
0: All right. We're going to talk about Thursday night football preview. Yep. This bills bucks game in a second, but first
1: field jates home auto prize sports memorabilia, whatever you need to protect Geico can help get you covered. And with the award winning Geico mobile app, you can get 24 7 claims support and on the go policy access. It's easy to Geico. Go to geico.com today.
0: You smell that, guys?
1: <laughs> That's the
0: scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing it is college football Mm. season. So Mm -hmm. block off your Saturdays and swipe a sweet DP from the mini fridge. DP stands for Dr. Pepper because there's a new season of high kicks, lawn throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way to the West Coast games. That's right. The fans are back. And this year, things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is. Dr. Pepper, the one. Fans
1: deserve. All right. Let's I just talk- checked, by the way. I, I, I do not see any updates no on updates. Twitter right now on Raheem Mostert and Tyreek Kill and others. So uh, we'll continue to monitor it throughout the show. But uh, uh, Tyler, our producer, will let me know if we hear anything on those players. But for now, uh, we are sticking with the information that we shared about five minutes ago. Awesome.
0: Thursday night football. We got the Bucks and the Bills here tonight. Let's start with the Buffalo Bills. Does this feel like a weird game for some reason to you? in the sense that i don't feel like these teams play each other that often so that i definitely think and i think it feels like I a I kind of like game. that for Thursday night football yeah this one's different the only thing that i wish is that and this is we've had a lot of complaints with the nfl yeah but like i loved being able to see the creamsicles before like yeah, brand- why not have it be on a, on an island game like
1: this like that like, like that thursday call, night actually. football yeah. you know what i mean yeah no i totally agree um, i actually was thinking about this this morning related to jerseys are there like three or four teams whose current uniforms you like enough that you're like, just wear them every week and I'm just totally fine with it. Week. Like I'm cool with it. Like <laughs> I think some of the best uniforms in the NFL right now, the Raiders simplicity is just always awesome, awesome. to me. Yeah. Uh, I love the dolphins uniforms. I think the dolphins, especially their aqua outfit is just terrific. They are wearing their throwbacks this weekend though, which are also very nice. Yes. Um, I think the 49ers are a classic look.
0: They are very classic. I love the Seahawks. I'm a big fan of that highlighter
1: green. Okay, like so you're that, on the, you're on an island with that take I'm, I'm right I'm one there. of the
0: other ones, yeah, because not everyone but is into it. But
1: they're bringing back their, their throwbacks this weekend. Dude, I love
0: the throwbacks, like the yeah. Dave Craig throwbacks. Like yeah, that's so what that's what I'm looking why,
1: like, like when they bring back the throwbacks, you're like, okay, so even if you like the highlighter greens, they do not hold a candle not to the, to right. the throwbacks. You're so right. uh, anyways, yeah, that. this is some, I think the, uh, I'm trying to think of others that I just like, solid, like, hard to mess up those uniforms. Ah man. I uh, mean it's
0: tough because a lot of a lot of teams keep Packers it very, very simple. Goal, I was yeah. just gonna say the Packers and the Bears, I feel like they've had the same uniforms Forever. for like the, yeah. the last sixty yeah. years. Yeah. So yeah. all right, speaking
1: of the last sixty years. Yep. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the transition was there. But that's actually like become, like that's your thing now. Is that like you just make a nonsensical transition that it actually works?
0: Well, you sort of find out if it works in the middle of it. I think I'm the Michael Scott where sometimes I start a sentence and see if I can figure out where it's going halfway through. You know what I mean? 100%. I love that play. Yeah. All right. So let's talk Josh Allen because this guy is amazing. 20 fantasy points or more in five of his seven games this year. It seems silly to say that you would not start Josh Allen. I'm starting him this week against the Bucks field. I know you are too. If there was one thing that you were looking at within this matchup for Josh Allen, there have been a couple of down weeks, not for him necessarily, but for the bills as yeah. a whole, I want to see him be able to command this team in a way that I know that Josh Allen can actually do. Cause we've had some, some tough matchups here.
1: Yeah. I would argue this, and this is not a fantasy thing, but it's tied to fantasy is I would argue that maybe the bills would be better served to, and The Bills' offensive staff has forgotten more football than I'll ever know. I'm not trying to argue otherwise. Um, My my opinion would be that I feel like a few more Josh Allen runs would be healthy for this offense. It seems like teams are basically saying to Buffalo, you're not going to beat us way down the field. Mm -hmm. And because Josh is running the football so infrequently, they can just play more coverage underneath than they had in the past because when Josh was running the ball so much, you're constantly fearing – a 25 yard run from Josh Allen matched by a 25 yard pass to Stefan Diggs or somebody else. So um, that would obviously benefit Josh Allen's rushing ability, but just to speak to how brilliant he is for fantasy purposes, despite less rushing this season compared to last year, he's still QB four for me this week. He and Stefan Diggs are the lineup blocks of all lineup blocks for this Buffalo offense.
0: Yep. Outside of those two guys, when you look at Gabe Davis, no teams on a buy. And we're going to say this a I lot. Know. I said this to you before the show. I know. I know. I'm going to say this sentence a lot. With no teams on a buy, yeah. there's just too many other wide receivers I would rather play than Gabe Davis.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's sort of your guy. And he's when Daniel is saying, yeah, exactly. like, I'm out on Gabe Davis, like the touchdown streak has come to an end. Yep. He had one catch this past week. This is not held for fantasy purposes, but I do believe there are people in the NFL whose role is more important than the box score says. Marquez Valdez Scantling is like unquestionably that guy for Kansas City. Like just the run really fast and hope that teams account for you allows them to do a lot of stuff underneath. I wonder if there's some of that with Gabe Davis for Buffalo. Of course, he's prone to like a two-touchdown game because he's Gabe Davis, but I have him as wide receiver 49 tonight. I would not be starting Gabe Davis in Week 8. If there was a pass catcher I was going to start instead of Gabe Davis, it would be Dalton
0: Kincaid now with Dawson Knox out. I'm not going to be here. That's a guy that is a top-10 tight end for me. So outside of Stephon Diggs, as far as pass catchers go, Dalton Kincaid is the other guy that I want in this offense.
1: I'm excited that America gets to see him in a standalone game tonight because he's a good player. Now, a lot of what the Bills did last week with Dalton Kincaid was just dump the ball off to him. Like, it wasn't you know, field stretching or seam stretching plays in which he's gathering, you know, 20 to 25 yards per catch, but dump offs count just the same. And if he piles up eight catches for 67 yards, you'll take that every day of the week. And with no Dawson Knox tonight, to your point, he should play a ton. So Dalton Kincaid, also a lineup lock for me amongst tight ends. When you're looking at these running backs, it is now down to two. It is James Cook
0: and Latavius Murray. James Cook, the obvious guy that you and I are both starting. I have him just outside. I'm actually at running back 20. I was going to say just right around there. So you have him just inside the top 20. I've got him at running back 20. I want to have more confidence in this guy. Totally. Yeah. Part of this is the way that this team is using him. I'm worried Latavius Murray is going to keep siphoning away, not just regular touches, but those goal line touches that I don't think James Cook is getting. And this is a good Bucks front defense.
1: Yeah, it's going to be rare for him to get goal line utilization for two reasons. Josh Allen and, Josh Latavius, Allen and Murray. Latavius Murray. Right? Both. So both yeah. of those guys uh, last week, Josh Allen had a rushing touchdown. I believe it was a quarterback sneak from the one. If they have the ball first and goal from the three and they have a chance to sub out, My guess is that James Cook off the field, Latavius Murray on the field. So that's going to decrease the value. The fact that Latavius Murray is going to have some number of carries also going to decrease the value. But James Cook, really efficient pass catcher. Big play. You know, the efficiency as a runner still awesome as it was last year. It's even better this season. So I've got him as running back 19. So like you inside the top 20, which in a 10 team league means he has a lineup block. What about on the other side of this game? Yeah. We talk about Baker Mayfield. Is he someone that you would
0: consider starting? Have you seen enough from Baker to be like, yeah, he might be a starter in a 10 team league Uh, In a 10 team league.
1: No 12 or 14 league. I would consider it Uh, 14 team league. Uh, This bill's defense is still like, I still will have fear facing this bill's defense every single week until proven otherwise. But injuries have kind of caught up to them a little bit this year. Mm -hmm. Matt Milano, maybe the best coverage linebacker in the NFL, like makes a legit difference in terms of how quarterbacks perform out for the season. Daquan Jones, Tredavious White out for the season. Um, Vaughn Miller has not really played that much for the Bills since coming back from injury. I think it's like, if I, if my math is correct, something like 47 snaps in three games. Oh wow. So uh, Vaughn, you know, this is a ACL is coming back from right. And I would imagine there are certainly some exceptions, but I would think that, you know, guys in their mid to late thirties are probably facing uh, a steeper uphill battle than a 22-year-old coming back from an ACL tear. So it feels like this Bills defense a little bit less imposing. Baker Mayfield's quarterback 12 for me this week. The connection with Mike Evans is really good. And uh, this team has been inefficient running the football. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But yeah, I've got Baker as he's been fine this year. Like he hasn't been brilliant, but he has certainly not been terrible. He's held onto the job almost halfway through the season, which I think some people were skeptical that would even be the case. Yeah. Bills have allowed seventy six
0: fantasy points to quarterbacks over seven games. Seventy six, you said? Yes. So they're averaging yeah but ten that, like that, ten that's fantasy very points bad. a game. But
1: like maybe you know some recent injuries, right? Like that's like you, well, that's what I'm
0: saying. You you just described reasons why this Bills defense maybe could be a little more susceptible to things that we haven't seen so far this
1: year. Yeah, think about some of the games they've played recently, right? So they lose to the Patriots and Mac Jones. I think had nine. Like almost twenty fantasy points. Yeah. Right? And played well last week. Like that was a that was a, a very impressive performance from Mac Jones. Uh and then was the week prior to that? That wasn't uh So you had New England and then it was the Giants where they had Tarod Taylor. Yeah, Tarod Taylor, which, you know, backup quarterback who didn't do a whole lot, but uh you know, Yikes. I mean, what do you expect? And then and but then, then Trevor, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Remember that was the game though that yep. he fumbled two times where it was like he ends up as quarterback sixteen. If he doesn't have two atypical fumbles, it's maybe was a quarterback ten maybe. Yeah, he's so, back in a better spot. Um, yep. Again, I you're still going to fear the bills the bills defense in a lot of weeks. But if there were ever a time where um there's a little bit like a touch less confidence, right now would be that week just because all the injuries like it's just really hard right now yep. to at some point no matter how how good your roster is like if four of your I don't know, probably seven most impactful defensive players are either out for the year or hardly playing in the case of Von Miller. You're going to have to, it's just hard to be as dominant of a defense. It just is. Yep. So anyways, Baker's quarterback 12 is my
0: takeaway. All right. For these wide receivers, I've yeah. got Mike Evans just outside my top 10. He's a clear cut, set it and forget it. Wide receiver too. He's a lineup lock for me. The question mark is really about Chris
1: Godwin. Inside my top 25 this week, okay. here are the things that are going well for Chris Godwin recently. Over the past three weeks, 20 catches, 30 targets. Hey, that's So we've great. seen the volume we're looking for, right? Yeah. Six, eight and six catches for Chris Godwin during that span. Uh, the thing that Chris Godwin has not yet done this year, score touchdown. And this actually kind of happened last year a little bit too. I mean, the entire Bucks offense was all over the place last year, mm-hmm. but touchdowns were hard to come by during Tom Brady's final season for Chris Godwin. So I've got him outside my top 20, but inside my top 20, I believe it's wide receiver for 23 to be specific there. Uh, 30 catches for 398 yards so far for Chris Godwin. So like nearly 13 yards a catch uh, for him. So he's been, he's been like solid. Did you do that math in your head or did you have that ahead of the I know game? it's, I, I saw the average was 12.5. Okay. I'm actually wondering now if I maybe gave him a, like, I think it might be 32 catches for 398 yards. Okay. All right. I was looking, I was doing some research this morning. Bit, bit so, of math, yeah. Um, yes, he is a consideration for sure. In 10 team leagues. By sure. the way,
0: he's got the questionable tag on him right now. He had a yeah. neck injury, yeah. but seems very good to go. Not worried about him not playing. Tonight. I
1: believe they said yesterday, full steam ahead. He was a full participant in practice during these short weeks. Teams are very, very conservative with how much they actually practice players because, it's really, first of all, it's not really practice. Second of all, right. you're more focused on rehab than you are running a bunch of routes when you've got, especially when you're the road team like Tampa and you've yep. got basically 48 hours before you fly to your game.
0: All right. So this is my question. I'm okay. just so glad you brought it up this way. The road team, Yep. Tampa coming into Buffalo, Rashad White as yep. the running back has struggled. This running game in general has just struggled, but the Buffalo Bills are bottom ten in fantasy points to running backs. This is actually not a bad matchup when, yeah. with the way that it sh- stacks up here. How are you looking at Rashad White? Because it sort of feels like, all right, here's a sort of um, like movable force, but it's against another force that is not doing a great job at the same time.
1: All right, so I've got him as RB twenty one. That's the headline there. So he's a you know close to a lineup lock. Uh, the things that are working in his favor, the matchup you mentioned, and the Bills have not been as sturdy defensively against the run as they have been against the pass for much of this year. Yep. Moreover. Kijan Vaughn was starting to see a little bit more work as recently as two games ago. don't love that. Had a fumble last week though, that led to, it felt like more and more of Rashad white. The team did activate chase Edmonds from IR. He, I would expect would play tonight, but it still feels like Rashad white is the clear cut starter. The first in line on most drives and good enough in the passing game as well that Rashad White's still very much usable for me. Of all the players that are kind of hovering between like RB 15 and 20, he, Alexander Madison, and Miles Sanders, who's probably a little bit lower, sure. are kind of the three that I have earmarked for like a little bit nervous that that, that the, the current grip on their job could loosen over the next month or so. But for now, I'm still treating Rashad White as the Buccaneers' clear-cut starter and RB 21 as a result of that. Over the last two weeks, Keyshawn Vaughn does have 10 touches. Yep for a total of 16 yards. Right. Yeah. Inefficiency it's, is kind of the name of the game for this Bucks running game. It really right is. Now. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Which is not great. Um, all right. And I really think that's going to be it. Do you want to pick this game? There's no one else that I'm starting from the Tampa Buc- Buccaneers again with no teams on a buy that pool is just shorter. So we're looking for premium plays. If that's you're feeling it. frisky
1: K dot, that would so be like, if you're, you know, he's had a couple of reasonable weeks, reasonable weeks recently. Uh, but I think there are probably ten better options at tight end this I would, week. I would agree. Then Yep. Who are you taking in this game? Bills or I'm taking the Bills? Take the Bills. And uh, this is an important one for Buffalo, though. This is a game that like Buffalo needs to be themselves tonight. They need uh-huh. to be the real version of the Bills because uh, inconsistency is unfortunately right now a trait that uh, is associated with the Bills. Yeah. They're so talented. Their very best can be awesome. They beat the Dolphins like by like twenty eight points. They can be excellent. They also can lose games that you don't think they should lose. So, and over the past two weeks, they squeaked out a win against Tarod Taylor and the Giants. Mm -hmm. They lose to the Patriots. They got to get back on track. It starts tonight against the Buccaneers. I do think Buffalo answers the bell.
0: I am going to go with Buffalo as well. Okay. I just don't want to take Tampa Bay on the road. I still think that Buffalo is a better team and gets back on
1: track here. I do too. I think it's something like I feel like Buffalo's got. I don't know about sleeping giant potential Ooh. injuries have really added up for them, but uh, I just feel like that team's better than four and three indicates. All right, let's move ahead and talk our week. A preview. Part yeah. one. Game you know?
0: preview, game preview, game preview. All right, let's start with the Bengals taking yep. on the 49ers field. There is a lineup lock here for me. It's Jamar chase. We're not going to talk about him. I'm just going to say, you're starting him this week. Yep. Joe Burrow, becomes a real question mark because we saw a very nice game from him against Arizona in week five, 23.3 fantasy points. And every other game has been still very difficult. Now he gets the San Francisco 49ers, the bye week, I am hoping proves to be very helpful with him being able to get healthy, get right, more mobility within the pocket. But understanding all of those things and how he's looked and the bye week, how are you approaching Jamar Chase in week, excuse me, Joe Burrow in week eight?
1: I agree with your Jamar Chase take, by the way. Okay. Um, but Joe <laughs> Burrow, I have him as quarterback 13, and I might move him up a couple slots by the time we get to. I kind of close the book on rankings after a roster moves on Saturday at 4 PM. Okay. Until we have the subsequent FF reporting all from Shefty and all yep. that. Uh, but I don't do a ton of tweaks after like, let's call it four or five o'clock on Saturday afternoon. I think there's a chance that Burrow moves up a couple of spots because this 49ers defense has left a little bit to be desired in recent weeks, a little bit, not a ton, but they did not pressure Kirk cousins like they thought they would last week. Yep. Um, this is an essential week though for Joe Burrow. This one matters a lot. I get it. They all matter. uh, But there are a couple of reasons why this one matters in particular. You mentioned the bye week Mm -hmm. That to me is kind of, if his calf doesn't get dramatically better and he does not look more like himself with basically seven days of doing nothing, then do I ever expect it to look a lot better this season? This season. Yeah. Moreover, if they win... It's a huge win, four and three, right in the mix in the AFC North, regardless of what happens with the other teams. Yep. If you lose three and four, Baltimore could be six and two by the end of the weekend. That would be two and a half games back. Cincinnati would be in that circumstance. Yikes. And Cincinnati plays Buffalo next week. Oh, I'm almost positive on that one. Week nine. I'm almost positive Buffalo, yeah. at home in Cincinnati. Yeah. This one feels important to me because it feels like it not only for fantasy purposes, but for real life purposes, it kind of can be the pivot point for the Cincinnati season. Yeah. And I think if it's the real life pivot point for the Cincinnati season, it'll correlate with the real life fantasy pivot point as well. That makes sense. It does make sense. It does make sense. I'm still nervous because I don't I felt like I
0: wanted to be excited to trust him. I saw him look better, right? He's moving better. I need to see this entire team start to perform well because it's not just Joe Burrow. I think part of this is also, and I'm not to skip ahead. Like I have Joe Burrow as running or quarterback twelve, so I would probably start him in a twelve teamer. Yeah, but it's not just Joe Burrow that needed to benefit from that from the buy. T Higgins as well. We have not seen T Higgins be the guy that we thought he was going to be. I need him to be able to get to a point where he can come back and eventually be something within this offense because right now it's just been Jamar
1: Chase. This is a like like a two. Difficult to imagine that it's real, that I had to go back and reread it stat. T Higgins has five or fewer fantasy points in four of his five games he's played this year. That's
0: absurd.
1: T Higgins, who there was a time this off season where I wondered whether he might've signed a $25 million per year extension, which by the way, he still could end up getting a 20 to 25 or $27 million deal in free agency this upcoming off season. He's Mm -hmm. super talented. You just wouldn't imagine that it, it could possibly take place In an offense that returns, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, offensive line they spent big on again this offseason, I've got him as wide receiver 27 this week. I don't want to to totally dismiss the 49ers defense because of a couple, really one not perfect game. And by the way, the 49ers were so not perfect last week, Mm -hmm. they allowed 22 points, right? Like... That tells you something about how good the defense actually is. If we're calling a bad week, 22 points allowed. Absolutely. But uh, it has not been for lack of volume with T Higgins. He's had multiple games with eight targets that have been under five fantasy points. If he keeps getting that kind of volume, Daniel, it's going to be really hard for him to not get on track, but what a massive, massive, massive game this is for the Cute. entire Bengals offense.
0: Yep, I'm with you on that. Last one here, Joe Mixon. Yeah. You went on Joe Mixon here against the 49ers. They got a nice yeah. run defense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, that it tells doesn't you. feel good about it, but like, yeah, it rb
1: already 20. His volume's off the charts, but God, like, uh, just not like there's minimal big play efficiency yes. whatsoever. Yep. I don't know if that's going to change. I'd be surprised if it does finding the end zone infrequently. I don't know, man. I'm still good. starting him. Yeah. I'll say this though. Here's a good example of it. You and I play in this league together with not cool Keith. Yes, the Gasco league. We have a great group of people, 12 managers in total. And my team um, has, is kind of coming to the end of its run that was catalyzed by Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's got a little bit of time left on his deal, but it felt to me like it was better to make a pivot. And so I made a deal. Uh, i traded away Christian McCaffrey. And I mentioned though, when I was alert in the group, that Christian McCaffrey was on the board. Uh, available for trade, that Joe Mixon is also available for trade. Please send me your offers. I think I got six McCaffrey offers and I've had zero texts whatsoever about Joe Mixon. <laughs> zero. <laughs> and it's a salary cap league. Yes, it is. In which you can exceed, like, the amount that you can spend is different in, in, in the the actual, like, salary cap part is different than during the draft than you can have on your roster during the season. Correct. And people still aren't biting on Joe Mixon. Don't in the Fonda Rivers deal. Like, yeah. I would take. I don't need... Like, I'm not looking for someone to trade me, like, you know, I don't know, Jameer Gibbs in year one of his contract back. Right. Like, I would take a warm body for Joe Mixon right now in that league, and I can't get anything. So it's... It's been uninspiring to say the least. So, just so fantasy managers understand, you're not the only one that feels crappy when you've got to play
0: Joe Mixon right now. Like it doesn't. He's not one of those guys that gives you a lot of confidence. But there's too much volume. Some some of these guys, there's just too much volume to not play him. And I'm still in that spot with Joe Mixon, yeah. just like you feel. like Cadmus Alexander Madison, yes. guys like that. They're sort of in that same Rashad category, White, same, yeah. that same area. Yep. Let's talk Ravens. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, you're starting. Mark Andrews, you're starting. I've yep. got Zay Flowers as a starter. Really, the question for me is these running backs.
1: Yeah, and Daniel, I love to tell you that I have like a clear-cut, obvious, this is how it's going to go every single week assessment of things. I'm using last week as sort of instructive. Gus Edwards playing more than Justice Hill. Gus Edwards, who's got a better bet, I think, to find the end zone in short yardage slash goal line situations. Agreed. So I've got him as RB23 against Arizona. Justice Hill is RB36. Uh, it might have been the best game of Gus Edwards, maybe not career, but in a long time last week, he had an 80-yard catch. Gus Edwards with an 80-yard catch. Who saw that coming? So I've got him as the higher-ranked running back amongst the Ravens. I feel like this team could just use like a little bit more clarity of that running back spot, though, in general. Tell me about it. I mean,
0: we came into this game, uh, this game, excuse me. We came into this season and yeah. it was like we were really excited about what potentially J.K. Dobbins could do. There was still some nervousness, but it feels like when was the last time that these Ravens had a real running back? Man, With, was Ray Rice for the, the full last? full season? Like, sorry,
1: I uh, just take Daniel Pepsi. Oh, um, <laughs> like, was he the probably last? Bark Mark Ingram. Who okay. so had that awesome year? I mean, it, he broke every efficiency chart. That's fair. But that was probably it. Yeah. It's, it's been, been a while. It's been a while. It has been a while. So uh, I've got Edwards ranked ahead of Justice Hill. Uh, but Cardinals a, are a good matchup. They are a good matchup. And this is a let's not mess around game for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, like, I, I, I believe very strongly this is an awesome team. Uh, they need to not let the good vibes from last week and the upcoming schedule beyond Arizona make them overlook Arizona assuming they play to their potential this could be a big day for the entire backfield for what it is worth
0: career day for Gus Edwards last week against the Detroit Lions like, yeah, most fantasy Sorry. points that he had ever had Sorry in his you. entire career 21.4 yeah. fantasy points so don't expect that moving forward. He has had one twin 20-point fantasy game in his entire career. It yeah. happened against my Detroit Lions because of an 80-yard catch. Thank you very much, Gus Edwards. By the way,
1: I just got a trade offer for Joe Mixon.
0: Yes! Not cool, Keith. It's an IDP league. Uh, is, it, is he offering you an IDP player? A safety. Rudy <laughs> Ford. <laughs> not cool, Keith. I mean, Come that on.
1: is actually not cool. So and Keith funny. knows I love him. But I, I mean, that's – that's, hey, in Keith's defense – It's the best effort I've got right now. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Hey,
0: speaking of not cool, Keith, he is a huge diehard Browns fan. He's our Browns fan here on the show. No Jerome Ford in that backfield right now. We talked about adding Kareem Hunt off of waivers. Hopefully people went out and did that. If you added him off of waivers this week against the Seahawks field, do
1: you have him as a guy that you can start as an RB2 or a high-end flex play? I'm a little bit lower than you are for a couple of reasons. Uh, Most importantly, the matchup tough. The Seahawks have all of a sudden become this gnarly run defense. They are just freaking awesome this year. Under 90 rush yards per game allowed. And uh, with Seattle, they've had a couple of games in which they were uh, either playing in shootouts or up a little bit bigger, but they have played some close games. This is not like a game script thing, right? Where like I don't know, maybe Miami would be like the number one run defense because they're always up by so many points, right? right? right. Um, That's not the case with Seattle. Uh, Kareem Hunt also missed practice on Wednesday. So we'll have a big update there tomorrow if need be. Uh, But he's a little bit banged up. I, I get the sense of play for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, the Browns did not rule him out like they did Deshaun Watson yesterday. I think that's going to change, for the record, that's going to change my Kareem Hunt ranking
0: just a little bit. because move him down. Yeah, I'll move him down because I, when I did this ranking, it was, okay, uh, if I think that Deshaun might be able to play, that's what I'm going to project. That's where he'd be at without Deshaun. Yeah. I think this
1: entire offense takes a hit. Man, be, that, that tells you something. Which because, is tough because uh, the offense
0: is already not great I was right going to say,
1: Deshaun hasn't exactly been having this unbelievable season. There's just more upside with Deshaun yeah, than no there doubt. is with anyone else. No doubt about that. Um, but the Browns haven't, and not Cole Keith who's watching the show could probably correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, they waived Deion Jackson on Saturday, maybe it was Monday. So the Browns don't have Deion Jackson in the backfield. It's basically Pierre strong behind Kareem Hunt. I think probably a running back on the practice squad or two. That's what I'm trying to look. So for. it's not like the Browns to my knowledge, have like a bunch of extra available bodies that they will be turning to without Kareem hunt. I feel like if they were more concerned about hunt, they probably would have already made some moves at the beginning of the week to address their depth. That's fair.
0: I think that's a fair thing to say. I moved Kareem Hunt just now while you were talking about this. I moved him down to running
1: back twenty-five, which is—is is that where you have him? I'm at well? 26, twenty-six. So yeah, same okay. spot. So again, I'm, I said earlier in the week to be very clear and consistent. If I'm adding a running back this week and starting him, it's Kareem Hunt. Yes. Still feel that way. Yeah, I still feel that way. Against the other options that we talked about now, if Deontay Foreman, uh, if there's no Roshon Johnson, I might it might be much closer. But based off of my belief that Roshan Johnson would play, he's still my favorite ad and he did play much better last week. But the inefficiency, the um, Seahawks run defense, those lead to an RB 26 ranking. Yep. What about for the
0: Los Angeles Rams (laughs) because
1: we're in a spot. We saw Daryl Henderson and
0: Royce Freeman take some time. They both had touches in the backfield this week. They get the Dallas Cowboys. If there's one person that I'm going to default to give me Daryl Henderson with the fact that he also knows this offense and this Rams team. There's a part of that. He definitely got more touches. I would rather start him over Royce Freeman here in week eight.
1: It's crazy to think that over the past probably like close to a year when Henderson was released by the waves by the Rams was waived by the Rams last year. Whoa. Um, he's, he's like worked out for several teams. I think he was on the Cardinals practice squad at one point. And it's like teams have either had him on the practice squad or worked him out and been like, eh, I don't know. Meanwhile, the Rams will bring him out on a Monday and be like, yeah, you're starting to start for us on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaks to how weird running back can be in the NFL (laughs) and why maybe teams do don't want to spend fifteen million bucks a year on a back. Um, real, real
0: question, though, and, yeah. and maybe you can't answer this, but like, I'll try.
1: How much of this is just like we just
0: have knowledge of that player? That's we totally know that they, I mean, they just get the system. We know they know it a little bit.
1: It's trust. It's if we bring Henderson in, we don't teach him a language. Yes, right. It's yeah. like the Rosetta Stone has already been. He's already worked through his Rosetta Stone in the past. He'll be fine in the future. Um, so, my gap between these two backs. Is unfair. I have Henderson as RB twenty four and Rush Freeman as RB forty one. Oof. It shouldn't be that wide. I should I'm gonna adjust this. Um I would rather not play either of them in the 10 team league. Bad matchup against the Cowboys. Yep. But no teams on a bye. Yep. Beyond that though, Henderson had like a couple of differentiators last week. One, he fell into the end zone, mm-hmm. which could have easily been Rush Freeman. Two, he had a little bit of passing game utilization. Yes. So uh, at the beginning of the week, just to be consistent, we said we would prefer Henderson over Freeman if you had to choose one. But that gap should be a bit narrower there. I'm with you on that one. It just you know the the he's reason he's going to get I, touches. And when I say narrower, it's going to be Henderson moving further down, not like hey he moves down and Freeman moves, moves up. up because I still think with Freeman, given that he got zero looks in the passing game last week. He needs to fall in the end zone to pay off.
0: Right. That's where it's tough against this Dallas Cowboys defense, too, because I don't feel super confident in either one of them right here. I do feel confident, though, Field. Yeah. Alvin freaking Kamara.
1: Oh, by the way, I will talk about him in a second. Keith does alert me. Thank you, Keith. I'll respond to you uh, verbally as opposed to over text. Thank you for this this. information. Uh, The Browns re-signed Jordan Wilkins and added Nate McCrary to the practice squad the other day. So uh, they do have... Um, some, More uh, bodies. some backs in the backfield. I still think Kareem Hunt plays, but yes. anyways. I'm with you on that. Um, yeah. We Dude. talked about this yesterday. Alvin Kamara, unreal. Unreal.
0: Unreal. How do you... Here's the thing for me, and this is where it's tough. Oh, I have Alvin Kamara as a top five running back. Yep. It is so difficult to quantify his passing game usage. Well, it's not difficult to quantify it. It's difficult yeah. to understand how is this going to continue. This seems so unbelievable. My It's very to say. Yeah.
1: I mean, it probably is, but... This is not Jarek McKinnon scoring a receiving touchdown every week. It's not Gabe Davis getting four consecutive. Yeah, you're right. What this is to me, though, is and this will be relevant to the next part of the conversation. Is this is me watching the Saints week in and week out, a team that I think has legit offensive talent, right? I mean, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara is a pretty good starting point. Just those two players alone. Yep. Michael Thomas, healthy, you know, sort of a weird but useful tight end room, right? Rashid Shahid has been an awesome big play threat for them. Yep. And yet when they play, they can't seem to figure it out other than having trouble blocking, can't get open down the field, dump the ball off to Alvin Kamara. Yeah. So until someone proves to me (laughs) that the formula is going to be different, I am going to gladly take Alvin Kamara as a lock it in top two running back for me this week. I don't do non-PPR rankings for ESPN. I wonder, though, if there's a way to calculate the biggest discrepancy between PPR and non-PPR ranks Ooh. amongst running backs. I wonder if Alvin Kamara is the player. He's got to be very, very, I mean, maybe not very different. The projections might be much different relative to the rankings. Though. So I can tell you right now, in, yep. so he returned in week four.
0: Yep. It's the first three games because of suspension. Okay. Since week four, Alvin yep. Kamara has 86.8% PPR fantasy points. Okay. He has 51.8 standard fantasy God. points. So he's going from averaging 21 yeah. points per game to averaging 13 points. is that game. crazy? That is crazy. unreal. You're getting eight fantasy points just so from the passing ridiculous. game usage as a running back. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's off the charts. It's unreal. It's off the charts. Great. You start him, you feel good about it. There's no questions there. The person that I don't feel good about Mm. is Chris Olave in this offense field. We know how good he is, but it has been very difficult, tough sledding so far. Mm. I'm at a point, and I'm not the only one, where there are a lot of fantasy managers trying to figure out, what do I do with Chris Olave? Do I hold tight? Do I try and move him? Yeah. What do you do if you're a Chris Olave manager? I'm holding tight.
1: Okay. Now, he actually had a decent game this past Thursday night. Seven catches for 96 yards. Remember how hot he started out of the gates. Right, it was like back-to-back-to-back games up over 100 receiving yards, or at least he averaged over 100 receiving yards in his first three weeks. And you were like, oh, yeah, this was the player this that I great. could not stop salivating over during mm-hmm. the offseason. And then the Saints' offensive roadblocks hit. And everything has been sort of a guessing game since then in terms of what you're going to get from Chris Olave. I mentioned how the Saints' offense right now is just basically, we can't block, let's just throw it to Alvin. After 10 days, because they had the Thursday night game last week. And it sounds like... If you've been following along with some of the stuff on Saints Twitter over the past 10 days, some difficult conversations. Like there was some stuff that was aired publicly. There was a lot of conversation about a, a route by Chris Olave and a throw by Derek Carr. Yeah, and heard who's a lot to blame? That. Yada, yada, yada. I'm not smart enough to know the answer. What I do know is that I hope when a singular play is emblematic of general struggles, that it leads to people in the same offense saying, Let's figure this crap out. And I'm hoping the Saints have figured some of this crap out. If they do, Chris Olave will not be wide receiver 20 in a week. Mm -hmm. He will be more like wide receiver 10 in my rankings. But until that happens, it's hard for me to move him much further up the ranks, even in a good matchup against the Colts. I love the player. Love him. It's my guy. And I love the volume. Here's what he's had as far as targets. Yeah, it's great. 10. 11,
0: 11, and then the two back-to-back weeks that sucked, he had six and five, and then the last two weeks, 10 and 15. He's had 10 or more targets in five of his seven games. That's absurd.
1: You can't move a guy who has 15 targets in a game 10 days ago further down than wide receiver 20. So that only emboldens my stance that I would be holding steady or buying low on Chris Olave right now. That volume is like almost literally incomparable. It's crazy. I would just, I, need, That's him. Absurd. I yeah. need him to get some connections with that, but you yep. will take
0: that volume every day of the week. Let's talk about green Bay's wide receivers. This one has yeah, been, I think you difficult. got the victory lap here, Daniel. Yeah. Well, it's just been tough. It's been really tough for Christian Watson. The dude has been so good. Like we know uh, he is so talented, I mm-hmm. should say, yeah. but in this offense, I do not trust Jordan Love and that deep ball. In fact, I don't really trust Jordan Love at all in this offense, if I want to be honest. yeah. But if I am trusting someone, it was kind of like I said at the beginning of the year, guys that are a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage to be able to give Jordan Love the ability to get
1: the ball out quickly. I think it's a good matchup against the Vikings, but they, like the Broncos, have started to play a little friskier on defense. Yep. Um, We'll talk about the Broncos in just a moment here. Uh, There are some people that are much, much smarter than me uh, that talk about quarterback play. And, you know, whether it's like, you know, Dan Orlovsky at our own shop here at ESPN, yep. and of course, that's great breakdowns about quarterbacks. I saw a tweet from Kurt Warner yesterday who like literal Hall of Famer, Super Bowl MVP, like absolute star, like great analytical mind about quarterbacks tweeting about Christian Watson being like, what was he supposed to do this past weekend? Like point to me, like all these bad plays people are suggesting. I am never going to try to match wits with Dan or Kurt on on football uh, specific to the quarterback spot. Okay? Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> but I can still have a lack of trust in, in in Jordan Love and this offense in general, right? I can't speak to the nuances as much of his play as those guys can, but I'm with you. Like, it's hard for me to trust this offense right now, even in what seems on paper a reasonable matchup. I've got Watson as wide receiver 39, Romeo Dobbs wide receiver 56. So that's not great. Not great at all. And that's sort of where I'm at
0: too. I'm even out right now on the idea of wanting to start what I thought was going to be the safety blanket for Jordan Love. And that was Romeo Dobbs. Jordan Love. Bottom, let's see, 26 out of 32 quarterbacks in off-target percentage. That sounds bad. Okay, so that's not what you're looking for. And where Jordan Love has been getting some fantasy value this year is with his legs. He has 21 rush attempts. 130 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Yep. So you might look at it and be like, ah, oh, Jordan loves not been doing too bad. I should probably be able to start his wide receivers. Pump the brakes on that one. Yeah. That has been a big part of it because this rushing has been elevating his floor to a point that makes, don't let that confuse you and think that, Hey, he's finding his wide receivers out there. He's no. off target. He is not looking great. I, like, that gives me a pause on all Packers wide receivers. Basically anyone not named Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is the only guy that I'm starting. And even Aaron Jones needs to get it right. Cause he's only had one start of a week so far this year. That was week one, by the that way, That was
1: week one. Um, I'm with you. Like I was eating crow for like a month at the beginning of the season. I was like, I can't see it with Jordan love. And then it's like three touchdowns, three more touchdowns. I think six of his first 29 uh, completions this year were touchdowns. That's absurd. So uh, he has come back down to earth for fantasy purposes. It's impacted the wide receivers. I would prefer to start none of them if I could. Agreed. All right. Let's talk about the Chiefs defense against these
0: Broncos here.
1: Uh, Other way around, right? Chiefs offense.
0: Sorry. Did I say? Sure. Yeah. Let's talk about this. I mean, their defense is awesome. How's that for a take? Yeah. Yeah, They'd be great. I might start the Chiefs defense against Denver
1: this week if I need to. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. You're starting him this week. Yes. Travis Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Starting him. What about Isaiah Pacheco? Starting him as well. Yeah, so um, here's what I would say. Really, like, there isn't a huge topic storyline for the Chiefs that I am monitoring this week other than two small things. One is, obviously, you're starting the quarterback and tight end duo that is the standard for pass catcher and quarterback combinations in the NFL right now, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, along with Tyreek Hill and Tua. Um, But was last week the start of the revenge tour for these guys? Hmm. Or was last week like, you know, taking advantage of an absolutely incredible matchup and maybe this week facing off against a team that two weeks ago they played and didn't play that well against, it'll be a little bit more back down to earth because again, it's not about our analysis is really not ever with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Are we playing these guys? No. It's more a reaction after the fact is right. was using a second or third round pick on Patrick Mahomes a worthwhile investment? Because if he goes off for 25 points in the game, you say good. It was worth it. Yep. If he has 16 and a half points, you're like, ah, crap. I could have started Gino Smith in the 12th round and gotten 16 and a half fantasy points. Right. Right. So that's really what I'm keeping an eye on. And then also Rasheed Rice. Oh, interesting. So, um, because everybody's playing for the first time we mentioned this. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rishi Rice outside my top 30 but trending in the right direction and certainly uh, passes the eye test in a major, major way. I do want to say Isaiah
0: Pacheco has looked awesome. If you waited and grabbed him as a great. one of your hero RB, like your RB2s, yep. he's been great. This is a great matchup for so him. So good. Yep. I think Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey might be like two of the, there's, there's got to be a limited number of players that you're like, if they played against like the all pro NFC defense, yeah, would you still play these guys against the best defense? Yes. Like not just best defense in the league, like take all the best defenders. Yes. And like, I'm with you. Like yeah. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes might be two of like
1: six players that I'm like, you play them regardless of who they play against. That works. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on who's my play caller and how much time do we have to design it? Both sides. Yeah. Like, do I get Bill Belichick as my defensive coordinator? That's a great question. And Andy Reid is my offensive coordinator. So if you're on the Mahomes and, and, wow. and Kelsey side, do you get Andy Reid? If you're on the defensive side, you get Belichick? And it's Taylor Swift in attendance at the game. It's a good question as well.
0: See, there's a lot of context. That a lot we need to of answer variables to answer one. right there. Yeah. Um, anything? Last thing, real quickly on this, we didn't talk about it. I don't think there's a whole lot to touch on. But Mikel Hardman came back to this Chiefs team. Had a really nice punt return. Yeah. Is there anything as far as like, hey, you know what? These Chiefs wide receivers have been hard to figure out. Maybe Mikel Hardman. I don't think so either. Just I don't think so. Sure.
1: Like, I feel like a Chiefs wide receiver is going to end up making Al Zaiden fill at 150k some point this season. Yep. When Darius
0: Tony has that that one game where he yeah. plays. Yeah. But. Uh, I am with you. Rashid Rice is the guy that I've been trying to hammer home, even though he's not getting the volume that I want for him to get now. Yep. It is obvious that there is a connection that exists with him. And as you progress throughout the season, I want those high upside guys on good offenses on my bench for when they potentially turn the corner that in the fantasy well. playoffs. Let's talk Giants. Yep. Outside of Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller, mm-hmm. I'm looking at potentially one pass catcher here, and it would be Wandale Robinson. He's the only wide receiver mm-hmm. I would consider starting, and this week, Maybe I haven't said this, but with no teams on a bye, yeah. I probably am not going to start Wandale Robinson this week.
1: Trending up in, yes. for, in some ways, yes. but has yet to reach, excuse me, he has reached 10 fantasy points in one game this season. So you're looking for upside. Fantasy is not the game where you get rewarded for showing up. This is the game in which you get rewarded for scoring the most points uh, either against your opponent, play the Jets, Ooh. obviously, and the Jets, uh, both of their cornerbacks are progressing from the concussion protocol. They have not yet been fully cleared sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. But if you have those two guys in the field, uh, the giants would not be a team that I am looking forward to playing either. excuse me, any of their wide receivers. Correct. Uh, Saquon will be inside the top 10. He's been solid. Of course he is Saquon and Darren uh, Waller because of how bad the tight end position is. He's and gonna, he's been sort of a little bit better of late. Yes, that's, he that's been helpful. Uh, but yes, I would not be looking to play any giants wide receiver. I think I'm with you on that one. Field. Yeah. All Jets right. Wise. I'm, I'm playing Bruce Hall. And Garrett Wilson is like, well, Garrett Wilson, he's, he's way too talented to not be played in a lot of leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there have been enough risers amongst the wide receivers that you could conceivably have a roster construction where you got Deontay Johnson and Jacoby Myers a little bit later in the draft than Garrett Wilson. And you might be picking two out of those three. Yep. And you could talk yourself into Wilson being the odd man out. I have Myers, I think, would certainly be He's, he's the lock of those three, right? Um, but Wilson inside my top 25 still.
0: I've got that very problem where I've got to decide between Nico Collins yeah. and Garrett
1: Wilson. Another good example
0: of one. And I, I never would have thought that I'd have been a week eight being like, no. Nico or Garrett Wilson, but that's, that's right. where we are,
1: man. Yeah, yeah. CJ Stroud has been- Balling. Oh, he's been so good. So has Nico
0: Collins. Yeah. By the way, let's say you were going to take one of these two wide receivers. We had okay. this big conversation coming into the season. Yep. Are you going to draft Garrett Wilson or are you going to draft Chris Olave? I know they've right. both been frustrating. Both of them are getting so many looks. I want both of them to get a better quarterback.
1: Yeah, I, I would. I would still lean towards Olave rest of the season now, though, because uh, even if Derek Carr is frustrating at times or has been frustrating recently, he's getting the ball to him way more. A lot more targets, and like I do think. Derek Carr is a much more serviceable quarterback than Zach Wilson. I'm totally with you on I, that one. Zach, you get my respect over uh, some of the things. I mean, they're three and three. Like if if Tampa wins tonight, the Jets could move into first, second, second place, excuse me, in the division with a win on Sunday. Yeah. So the Jets could be in this AFC playoff picture with a couple of things breaking their way this upcoming week. That is crazy.
0: That is unbelievable with how the season started. Yeah. All right. Last thing here, Field Trade Bait brought to you by IBM Watson X. This is players rostered in more than 60% of leagues who have busted for
1: two straight weeks. We're looking at Calvin Ridley. So let me ask you this. Is 8.1 combined fantasy points over the past two weeks good or bad? That is poor. Okay, it's not good. Not good. Here's the question. Yeah. If you are a person who has Calvin Ridley, I think you would be very much inclined to trade him away. I agree, yes. What are the signs, if you're not the person that has Calvin Ridley, that make you say, I want Calvin Ridley? You know, being able to get him for cheap is basically it. Yeah. Cause
0: like he, he hasn't looked good. It's looked like Christian Kirk is that guy that Trevor Lawrence is locked onto right now. Okay. So for me, if I'm going to grab Calvin Ridley, it's because I am doing really well this year. I'm six and one, I yeah. guess, or what, what, is that what we would be? Yeah. Six, six and one. Yeah. Six yeah. and one, five and two, one yeah. of those two things. And I'm looking. You couldn't do that math fast because all your teams are seven or no, just that for those the- that are they're <laughs> like, what do you that's mean? Why does he
1: not know? Yeah. I don't want to think about it. Uh,
0: but like, that's the thing for me where it's like, unless you're, unless I have a team that is just flat out dominating yep. and I'm buying low, but even then, what is that manager? Like, what am I going to give that manager where they're going to be like, yes, I'd rather move on from this high upside player for one of your two scrubs. Like- okay.
1: Off the cuff name game. You ready for it? All right. Who would you prefer, Calvin Ridley or, and I'll name the players, Nico Collins? Probably Nico Collins. Okay. I agree. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. Okay. I I agree. Chris Godwin. (sighs) I know. Oh,
0: that's a good one. Tough one, right? Chris Godwin is getting targets within this. I I think I might default to Chris Godwin still.
1: Okay. I would go with Chris Godwin too. That's Uh, getting close. That's getting close. DeAndre Hopkins. No, I would rather have Calvin Ridley than I would agree there. Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton or Calvin, uh, Calvin Ridley. I know he's scoring touchdowns. I know
0: that's the thing. This is the, without Jerry Judy doing stuff in that offense, it kind of feels like Cortland Sutton has reestablished himself as that guy for Russell Wilson. So like right now, rest of season, like, I don't, I, I don't feel good about it, but I feel like
1: if it were me, I would pick Cortland Sutton. I know, it's crazy, right? That's such
0: a weird, I can't believe I just said that.
1: So just to give you a sense of where things have gotten to with Calvin Ridley, those are five names that I think after week one of the season, you would have said, yeah, you can trade me all five of those players combined for Calvin Ridley. (laughs) Right. And I'll still have to think about it. Yeah. So fantasy football, man, um, I don't think the audience would like this. But I wonder if next year after week one, we show up on Monday and just have like caricatures of us in our chairs and we don't actually do a show and tell me more. Well, so that way we just, we don't say things in overreaction oh, that's form. Right. Okay. Okay. That, like two weeks later, you know, Calvin Ridley like, Hey, I told you guys during the off season or someone else, you know, I told you that uh, or I was wrong that Calvin Ridley was the wide receiver that you didn't want. Like, I, I don't.
0: Know. I think about this every single time, because like the, the week one overreaction that stands out in my mind the most. Okay. Is there one that you think of? Because there's one that I think of that's very clear to
1: me. I always think about this one. I'm going to screw up his name right now. But there was a Cowboys wide receiver in week one, a long, like probably like seven or eight years ago. And I remember in the war room, it was like a battle to get him off of waivers. And he had like five catches the rest of the season. So for me, the Ryan Fitzpatrick, w- it's Sammy Watkins. Oh, that, that I mean, big three touchdown. Mr. Game. Week one, right? Yes. Yes. And yes. It's Like
0: there was a huge overreaction. Oh my gosh. Did we miss on Sammy Watkins? He's finally going to start delivering yeah. like that to me is one of like the epitome of uh, sometimes you just got to take a breath guys. Football is not played over one week. It's played over a full season
1: for a reason. I mean, last night as I was sitting there watching NBA games, literally 50 seconds into the Spurs Mavericks game. I went to see if I could vote. I I was like, can I bet Wemby for MVP? For MVP right now. He had a block, had a sweet <laughs> pass, and I was like, is that too egregious? That's what happens at the beginning of these seasons. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have the NBA back. I'm so away. pumped. Fantasy basketballs in our lives field. I'm Although my about team that. after, you know, there's been one, basically one night of games, I'm getting crushed by Canby. So I'm waving the white flag on the season.
0: Oh, no, yeah. not after one week. That's not how it no, works. No, no, field.
1: no, One night. Oh,
0: one basically. night. That's
1: right. You're right. You're right. Like, we had two games on Tuesday and I had zero players going. So yeah, basically one night in. First game
0: having Joker on my uh, NBA fantasy roster. That there. must be
1: awesome. It was a triple-double. I had the 13th pick, and I took freaking Trey Young, who scored a lot of points last night while missing basically uh, every everything? shot he took. Yeah, oh, that's a oh, Good Young win had for had the Hornets year. coming out of the gates last night.
0: All right, that's going to do it for us today, Field. We are out of time. Make okay. sure that you check out the scorer Report. Coming out tomorrow on Friday. It is a oh, ton it's fun. of fun. Yeah. I really enjoy being able to do it. Go check that out on our YouTube channel here for Field. My name is Daniel. YouTube.com
1: you slash Don't forget
0: to love each other. Be kind to yourself. Have fun watching Thursday Night Football. Put the right people in your flex spot. No Thursday Night people in your flex, please.
1: Don't do that. We'll see you guys tomorrow. He's leaving? Oh, save it for week one caricature next year. Look at that. That's how you go out and top right there, people.
0: No secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all our
1: podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through. With the hippest beard, I'm telling you. He's
0: dead.